the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living live, Like It Matters. And uh, today, we're going to go deep. Today, we're going to talk about the rare commodity of commitment. I mean, I never thought. Uh, in my lifetime, uh, I would ever have to be preaching to Americans about commitment. And yet it's absolutely what we need to do. Talk about commitment. You know, I, I do a transformational leadership training. I've been doing it for 31 years. You go to likeitmatters.net uh, to read about it. It's two and a half days that will change your life that you'll remember 30, day, uh, 30 years from now. It's that powerful. And in there, I have a foundation, what I call these six words, and they are foundational words. They are uh, what uh, the foundation for everything great. Uh, they are passion. You know, passion is about fuel. Uh, passion is about emotional involvement. Without passion, you have no fuel. Without passion, it really doesn't matter. And then you have vision. Vision is the ability to see into the future, see how things connect. Uh, the Bible says without a vision, people perish. And so a leader not only needs to have a vision, but it needs to communicate effectively that vision uh, to their people, which requires a focus. Uh, Dr. Tiller at Stanford University took a 40-watt bulb and created the laser beam, 10 times more powerful than the sun. We have 300 trillion cells in our bodies. If you take one atom and you split it, it's called fusion. It's called Hiroshima, Nagasaki. It's called a nuclear bomb. We have 300 trillion nuclear bombs inside of us, but it just takes focus. Why do you think the devil is the sinister minister of fear? Why do you think the devil's main job is to confuse you, right? Jesus wants to focus in the future. That's where hope resides, right? God meets us where we're at, but he doesn't leave us where we're at. He takes us to another place. He takes us to a future place, a place called hope. But we have the accused of the brethren, he wants to get our focus uh, 180 degrees in a different direction. Where God wants you to focus forward because he forgets your sins, he forgets your, your transgressions as far as the east is from the west. God can do something that we can't do. He can forget. So he's focusing us on the future. It's the one who's focusing on the past is the, the, the prince of the power of the air. It's Beelzebub. It's it, it, That's who, what's going on, the prince of this world. And he's accused of brethren. What's he accusing of us? Our past, our future, our past. And when the devil reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future. If you don't know his future, turn your Bible to Revelation 21. You'll see it. You'll read about it. He knows about it. 
your focus, your eyes, and your feet are inextricably connected. You move in the direction of your focus, and you focus in the direction of your movement. Why do you think there's a battle for your focus? There's a battle for the narrative. There's a battle for the belief system. There's a battle for what you're allowed to even think about or post on social media. I'm I'm either shadow banned or banned constantly on Facebook because I don't support their man, their, their water carriers for the Biden administration. And those of us that don't like the Antichrist running things, uh, they're not too friendly to us. Purpose. Without a purpose, none of this matters. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again? Why? God has a million whys for every commandment he gives us. He's not only omniscient, all-knowing. He's not only omnipresent, all places. He's not only omnipotent, all-powerful. But he's omnipurposive, multi-reasons. And then we need team. Together, everyone achieves more. We're we're made for relations. No man is an island, a rock unto himself. We're all part of the larger continent. People... People who need people are the luckiest people because they're all of us. We all need people. I got four cats. Why do I keep the burden, the financial burden, the time burden, have to clean up after them, change their cat box twice a day, have to put up with their garbage when I give them expensive food, then they just turn their nose up at me and walk away like I just gave them garbage? Why do I put up with that? Why does God put up with us? Relationships. We were made for vertical and horizontal. So those are five of the six words, passion, vision, focus, purpose, team. Those are the foundation for anything great, but there's one word missing. And that's the word we're going to talk about today. And that's the word that nobody wants to talk about at all anymore. That's why today I want to talk about the rare commodity of commitment. Commitment can be defined as a state or quality of being dedicated to a cause activity, or action. However, another definition, what I might suggest is a more expansive definition, listen to this one, an engagement of obligation that restricts freedom of action. Wow, isn't that cool? See, when you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there, right? Alice is in the looking glass. She's walking through the looking glass, and and there comes a fork in the road, and she stops because she's confused. Uh, I was going on a single path. Now there's three options. So she's confused, so she stops to pontificate. Out of nowhere, you see El Gato appear, the Cheshire cat. He was there the whole time. He was just invisible. Now he, you can see him. And Alice was pleased to see the cat, and Alice asked the cat a simple question. And the question was this. Which one of these roads do I take? And the cat, being pretty smart for a talking cat, asked another question. He answered Socratically, where are you going? And then Alice said, I don't know. And then these wise words for a talking cat, then any road will take you there. See, when you don't know where you're going, then any road will take you there. I suggest, though, that when you do know where you're going, the road narrows. And sometimes no choice is better than choice. See, an engagement of obligation that restricts freedom or action. Notice the diversity 
of that definition and the fact that both are about action. And so today I want you to consider, are you truly committed to anything that is of the greater good? In other words, are you all in? You know, we celebrate some of the strangest things. You know, February 14th, we celebrate Valentine's Day, right? A, a day of love. What do you know how we got to celebrate Valentine's Day, celebrate Valentine's Day? Let me tell you about St. Valentine. St. Valentine was beaten, stoned, and beheaded on February 14th, 270 AD. People who remembered his loving service to many young couples began celebrating his life, and he came to be regarded as a saint through whom God had worked to help people in in miraculous ways. By 496, about another 200 years after his death, 220, Pope Galatius designated February 14th as Valentine's official feast day. How about this one? We're getting ready to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, right? Well, let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Patrick. Patrick, you see, was kidnapped at 16 years old. He was sold into slavery in Ireland. Patrick prayed daily for his freedom. God answered his prayer and miraculously helped him escape Ireland. Later, God revealed to Patrick in a dream that he should return to Ireland and preach the gospel to the people who had once held him captive. Patrick was a beautiful example of the message of Jesus. While Jesus entered in the world to share the good news with people who would ultimately reject him, Patrick returned to the land of his captivity knowing the risk, the danger, and the deeply held pagan beliefs of the people there. But he followed the Lord's call nonetheless. He stepped in the darkness of the pagan nation to share the light of the gospel with them. God's word spread throughout the entire nation, changing Ireland forever. See, that's what's called commitment. Whether you're talking about St. Valentine, St. Patrick's, whether you're talking about Scott Black or you, today we're going to ask the question, are you all in? I'm Black. We'll be right back. Leadership Awakening even impacts the seasoned pros. Take a listen at these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. Ready to go for another level of awareness? Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, March 30th through April 1st. That's likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. 
Turn market volatility into opportunity today by investing with the big institutions, not against them. Many people are getting taken advantage of by Wall Street. Learn why their returns are so much better than the average novice 401k investor. Learn the skills to be a better steward of your own money. Call for a free in-center or virtual investing class today at 952-814-4410. Call Online Trading Academy at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce Wet Technology Softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I, was, I was raised in a church uh, and uh, kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's. It's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Okay. It's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like it matters unique approach allows people to see, hear and experience leadership in motion. Like it matters radio. Radio like it matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And you are blessed because you're going to hear something on this radio show that most Americans no longer ever hear about. And that word is called commitment. But I want to suggest it's a commodity. You know, I say the number one commodity of leaders is hope because we live in a helpless and hopeless world. Man, if you're a child of God... Uh, if you're a true Bible-believing Christian, man, it's uh, this world uh, in America is law. It's confusing. This is not the same country we grew up in. Uh, it's just stunning uh, what has happened in such a short period of time. And the commodity of commitment. Yeah, we're supposed to be hope pillars because there's a pandemic hitting this uh, country. It's not just our lying deep state. Because we're lying about everything. Uh, and this matters. And today we're going to talk about that. Because commitment is always about trust. You know, how can someone commit to something, somebody, some cause, if they can't trust? See, commitment and trust go hand in hand. Uh, that's why faith is interchangeable. Did you hear that? That's why faith is interchangeable. For God so loved the world, he did something about it. See, we have to believe in that commitment that God made. See, I mean, there's no greater commitment than to lay down your life. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I think the only greater commitment to laying down your life, to dying for something, is to actually truly live for something day in, day out. And if you actually do it right, I think the one living for something with that level of commitment is much more difficult than dying for something. Although I don't, I have nothing compared to it. I've never died for anything. I've died to myself. I've died to my flesh. I've died to certain things, activities. 
but I've never died for anything. And so in all fairness, I have no frame of reference. But I read about someone who did die for all and rose again for all. And to me, that's the commitment that I follow. And so we're breaking down that word commitment. Commitment can be defined as the state of quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, or action. There's also another definition, which is interesting, an engagement of obligation, an engagement of obligation that restricts, isn't that incredible? That restricts freedom of action. Why? Because when you're committed to a, a bride, when you're engaged, you forsake all others. You see, that's what it's talking about. An engagement of obligation that restricts freedom of action. See, uh, we are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, and to have no other gods before him. See, that's commitment. To be totally in on one, that there is no room for the other. Are you leaving room for another woman, men? See, that's what commitment is all in. Commitment's about doing what you say, even when it'd be easier to walk out the door. Commitment's about doing it because you said you would, even though it'd be a lot funner to do something else. Commitment's about your word and your actions saying, aligning, being congruent with each other. And we lack commitment. We have commitment to evil. We have commitment to hatred. We have commitment to a lot of things. But as I ask you all the time, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again? If you're just angry. See, that's why I started this off by talking about, you know, we celebrate in February, March, two interesting holidays. I guess we'll call them a holiday. I don't know if that's the proper term or not. We, We celebrate Valentine's Day, right? How many millions of dollars are spent on jewelry, on chocolates? on all this stuff, and men got to turn it on because now on February 14th, if you don't do all this stuff, then you don't love your wife and someone else will better. That's the world we live in. And then we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Everybody gets drunk. But notice both of them have the saint in front of it. A saint has nothing to do with your behavior. It has to do with your destination. It has to do with your designation. It has to do with whether you've been redeemed or not. Because anybody who's accepted the paid price of Christ is covered by the blood is called a saint. So we celebrate St. Valentine. But St. Valentine, the reason we celebrate him, because he was committed. But he was all in. It has nothing to do with um, hearts and chocolate. It has nothing to do with gold jewelry and rings. Has nothing to do with lingerie and stinky little stuff so that you can get your groove on. That's amorousness. That's fun. That's physically appealing. But that's not love. Last time I checked, Jesus showed the greatest demonstration of love and he never had intercourse with anybody. But the reason we celebrate these people is because their level of commitment. I just saw this. Just Google it. Valentine was beaten, stoned, and beheaded on the day that we celebrate the love, February 14, 270. People remembered his loving service to many young couples began celebrating his life, and he came to be regarded as a saint through whom God had worked to help people in miraculous ways. By 496, so there's 226 years after his death, 
Pope Galatius designated February 14th as St. Valentine's Day. It's an official feast. Now, again, here's St. Patrick. So before he was known as St. Patrick, he was just known as Patrick. Patrick was kidnapped at 16 years old and sold into slavery. And by the way, I would assume, I could be wrong, I would assume that Patrick's white living in Ireland. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. There's a lot of slaves out there. To this damn, people are so angry about slavery 200 years ago. Well, guess what? Why don't you get angry about slavery today? There's a lot of millions of slaves out there. And they're all different colors. White ones, brown ones, black ones, yellow ones. If they're blue people, blue ones. He was kidnapped at 16 years old, sold in slavery. You know what he did? He started I L M Irish Lives Matter. It's not fair. I was I was slave. I was kidnapped. I was treated poorly. I deserve my rights. I deserve this. No, that's actually not what he did. He actually did it God's way. And he forgave. And he didn't keep a pound of flesh. And he didn't keep a record wrong. And he turned it over the cross. And God answered his prayer and miraculously helped him escape Ireland. Later, God revealed to Patrick in a dream that he should return to Ireland and do what? Not march in the streets, not burn down cities, not attack cops. Nope. He was to preach mercy and grace, forgiveness. Preach the gospel of people who had once held him captive, who had beaten him, who have taken away all his family's rights. He was a beautiful example of forgiveness, of commitment. Think about that. Patrick returned to the land of his captivity knowing the risk, the danger, and the deeply held pagan beliefs of the people there, but he followed God's call nonetheless. He was a foreigner in a strange land, even though it was his land. Anybody got, got the feeling what I'm talking about? He stepped in the darkness of this pagan nation to share the light of the gospel with him, and God's word spread throughout the entire nation, changing a country forever. Don't tell me one person can't make a difference. Then you've never heard of Jesus. Then you've never heard of Paul. Then you've never heard of Cephas. Then you've never heard of um, uh, St. Valentine. Then you've never heard of St. Patrick. Then you've never heard of Mother Teresa. Then you never heard of Martin Luther King Jr. Then you never heard of George Washington. Then you never heard of Colonel Sanders. Then you never heard of Ray Kroc. Mary Kay. Sam Walton. Abraham Lincoln. Donald Trump. Ronald Reagan. See, you got to understand. That's what commitment is. It's it's all in. You know, this story I got, uh, where did I get this from? Analogies, uh, metaphors about leadership, employee management, Dr. James Adonis. He said, when Beethoven was 26 years old, he started to lose his hearing. It began as a ring in his ears that got worse and worse until he was almost completely deaf. Matter of fact, it became so bad that the only way he could communicate with his friends was by getting them to write down what they were saying in a book into which he would write his reply. Beethoven's devastation over what was happening led him to live alone in Austrian town, where he spent time contemplating suicide, and yet he persevered. In letters penned to his brothers, he wrote that he remained committed to his work because he had a why. See? Because. Because always delineates a why. He was com- remained committed to his work because he saw his art as something that had to survive. He saw it as his contribution to the world. He saw it as a difference maker. He saw it as something that had to survive, even if it meant enduring the heartache of not hearing his audience's applause. 
It seemed unthinkable for me to leave the world forever before it produced all that I felt called upon to produce, he wrote. And so in the face of pain and struggle, he miraculously continued to compose music. In fact, think about this. Think about this. He was losing his hearing, and he was a musician. In the face of pain and struggle, he miraculously continued to compose music. In fact, some of his most brilliant and famous work emerged during that period. Symphony Number no. 9, that period. The reason Beethoven was able to continue so resolutely in the application of his craft can be attributed to the word why. See, his commitment came from his why. As is often said, when the why is big enough, the how takes care of itself. In Beethoven's case, the why was the influence his music had on the world. And by the way, the power of why has been proven empirically by psychologists all over Ohio State University. In a number of experiments, researchers discovered that people who considered why, they questioned themselves. They performed a challenging task. They were more likely to persevere in it. So if you're not committed, you might want to realize that you haven't got existential with yourself. It's time to ask yourself the why, those existential questions. Why are you here? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, and go home at night and do it again? Why do you put up with all the pain in this world? Why do you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again? And if you don't know the why, then I'm going to tell you right now, you are not committed. You are half-hearted. Or as my dad used to say, half-assed. And you're better than that. We'll come back after the break. Let's talk about this word, commitment. Here's a real student testimonial for Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the, the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. To learn more from Mr. Black, the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis is March 30th through April 1st. Details at likeitmatters.net. Not having a diagnosis is not the same thing as being in good health. Are you energetic, cheery, pain-free, well-rested, clear-headed, happy with your weight, and don't get colds and flu? If so, tune in to the Healthy by Nature show and learn how to stay that way. If not, our expert guests will help you find natural answers. Visit our health library on HealthyByNatureShow.com. Healthy by Nature, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right, unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel, we're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? 
At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Today, commitment. Commitment. So many people lack that word, commitment. Commitment is um, intestinal fortitude. Commitment is about never giving up. It's the words of Jacob Rias. You know, look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock. Perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet, at the hundred and first blow, it was split in two. And I know it was not the last blow that did it, but all that had gone before. See, what are you all in? See, that's what commitment is, all in. All in. You know, Arturos Tuscanini, you know, I was talking about Beethoven before the break, a great story about Beethoven. A great performer. A great producer, uh, I mean, historical. And so Arturo Tuscanini, the great choral conductor, was once conducting Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. It was beautiful. Perfection. Everything. Perfection. The orchestra was perfect. The crowd was perfect. They went wild. They stood and wouldn't stop applauding. It was a perfect night in the orchestra world. And so the orchestra stood and bowed. And it was just overwhelming. And with that, Tuscanini wrapped his baton on the music stand. What was wrong? Tuscanini said. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I am nothing. You are nothing. Beethoven is everything. 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 That's commitment. What's your everything, everything, everything? What are you sold out for? You know, we are all going to be judged. It's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And, you know, there's lots of different levels of judgment. We get judged by our family. Let's be honest, a funeral is kind of a judgment, right? People saying things about you, basically judging what you mortgage your time for. Isn't that what life is? We mortgage our time. And when it's all said and done, we call that our life, our life work. Are you in? Are you all in? Or are you one foot in and one foot out? For the longest time, that's how I was with the kingdom of God. I would call myself a follower. I'd call myself a believer. I'd call myself a Christian. But now at 57 years old, over the last three, four years, when I really committed a heart, body, and soul to my Lord and Savior, I realized that I always had one foot in and one foot out. I had one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And, you know, when I was younger, that was allowed. It was okay because we had lots of time to change. 
uh, but we don't have that time anymore. He's wrapping this puppy up. It's kind of like if you had a foot on each of two different chairs. And as long as those chairs are close to each other, like the world and the church were really close to each other, you couldn't tell them apart. It's no big deal. You can have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom like millions, like majority of the church has been. But as the two start separating more and more and the world no longer accepts the church because the church has the word of God, which is against the world, those chairs get further and further apart and it gets uncomfortable. And then you've got to decide. You've got to put both feet in one of the two chairs. You can no longer have one in each. You can no longer be good enough. You now must commit. See, and if you don't practice commitment, if you don't live your life with commitment, here's the problem. Unless you take your life, we don't know how we're going to die. And it's important for man to die one time, then comes a judgment. But you know how we die because it's not planned? We die the same way we live our lives. So if you're living half-hearted, if you're living good enough, then you're going to die the same exact way because the way we live our lives is the way we'll be remembered. You know, Charles Buck, 1822, he talked about deathbed comfort. He said, when a friend was comforting the Reverend Richard Baxter on his deathbed with the remembrance of the good which many had received by his preaching and writings, Mr. Baxter replied, I was but a pen in in God's hand. And what praise is due to a pen? See, he knew who he was. How about this one? In his classic work, The Master's Indwelling, Andrew Murray illustrated this problem of being distracted. He wrote, when a man is giving a lecture, he often uses a long pointer to indicate places on a map or a chart. Do people look at the pointer? No. That only helps to show them the place on the map, and they do not think of it. It might even be a fine goal, but the pointer cannot satisfy them. They want to see what the pointer points at. And the Bible is a pointer pointing us to God. When Alexander Duff was home on furlough from India in 1834, he often visited missionary statesman William Carey. On his last visit before Carey died, Duff spent much of his time talking about Carey's work. Finally, Carey seemed to tire of it and whispered, pray. After Duff prayed, he arose to leave the room, but Carey called him to return to his side. Mr. Duff, he said graciously, you have been speaking about Dr. Carey. Dr. Carey, when I'm gone, say nothing about Dr. Carey. Speak about Dr. Carey's Savior. See, we may too call attention to our it. What is your it? The one thing that we are about. Is it knowing God and making God known? Is it the cure for cancer? Is it helping people in pain that you've been freed from? Is it peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Is it money? Is it fame? Is it sex? Is it glory? What are you all in about? This is what you got to figure out. It doesn't matter what you're all in, but to be all in for something. This is what we're told. This is what commitment is. And this is what people lack. And the problem is you can't read about commitment. You can't listen to a great orator speak about commitment. Commitment is one of those things you learn in the fire. Commitment is about one of those things that you have to learn in the battle. This is where Proverbs twenty four sixteen comes in. This is a, a, a proverb about commitment. And God says, a righteous man will stumble seven times, but get back up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. Why? Because one is committed and one is a victim. And look what's going on in America, the two groups of people. Man, 
my life would be a lot easier if I was black, not just by name, skin color. I wish I had some melanin. I could have went to great schools. I could have a lot of free money. I could have a 501c3 that's funded with millions because I'm a minority-owned business. I'm committed no matter what. I'm not here to be liked. I'm not here to be loved. I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to serve my God. I'm here to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm here to lighten people's burdens. I'm here to see a need and meet a need. As a matter of fact, this week, I'm going to introduce you to a couple people. People that I've met on my journey, just life, walking through life every day. Because I live by the motto, see a need, meet a need, when God puts these divine appointments in my path and there's a need, then I do what I can to, see, to meet that need. Why? Because I'm all in. And this is the thing God tells us to be all in, all throughout Scripture. Mark 12.30. I love the Amplified Bible because it really goes in depth. It parenthetically describes things. And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with, listen to this, your whole heart, and out of and with all your soul, which means your life, and out of and with all your mind, which means your faculty of thought and your moral understanding, and out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment. Don't you hear? It's totality. People separate, well, the one says, you know, heart, body, and soul, or heart, mind, Deuteronomy 6, right? No, I'll tell you what Deuteronomy 6 is part of the Shema. The Shema, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. So we can go from this one, Deuteronomy 6, and then go to Mark 1230 and say, well, this one says we're supposed to love with all our heart, with all our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. But the only one only has three. So it's a different. No, it's not. It's just words that are saying totality. With everything you've got, with every molecule, molecule in your fiber. Don't you hear? That's what he's saying. You shall teach them to your children and shall, walk, uh, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them. Why? Because God's greatest commandment is to remember. Why? Because the second greatest commandment is do not fear. Why? Because we have a sinister minister of fear, an accuser of the brethren, someone who's confusing us, someone who wants to remind us of every shortcoming, of every failing in our life, of every heartache that's ever happened to us, of every wrong that's ever been done to us that we've ever done. And now we live in a world being run by the Antichrist, and now not only do you hold on to all your pain, not only do you hold on to all your resentment, not only do you hold on to all the the people that have wronged you, you remember all that, But now let's make up some stuff, too. Let's now go 100 years out and see people who might have looked like you or maybe somehow could have known someone that your family might have known. And why don't you take on their pain for how much mistreated they were? And then let's make up a false history of 500 years. We'll call it 1619. Let's make up a whole lie that makes a certain group of people feel better so that the rest of us can feel shame and uh, humiliation. And then those other people can feel more wrong, more aggrieved, and they need to be taken care of and get reparations. I mean, this is the work of the devil, period. And you know what it does? It takes away our commitment. See, even Jesus said, you've got to be totally in. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, just even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Did you hear that? And yet the fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother, 
that your days may be long in the land. So what is it? God is saying again, there should be no one above me. Let me ask you, what type of commitment do you have for anything out there like that? Have you ever felt that commitment? Have you ever experienced everything? It's not about fun. It's not about what you want to do. It's not about what you like to do, but it's what you committed to do. And it's one of those things that you can't be lectured to and learn. You can't read about and learn. You must learn it in the fire. And that's what I do. I bring you in the fiery furnace. But it's not to hurt you. It's to cleanse you so that you can give everything so you can be all in to that which truly matters. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated, if that makes sense, that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night. You know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Okay. But it's, 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 it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio like it matters. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I start every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. It's a look at today's most compelling stories and provides responses from key conservatives in media and politics. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily, and it's available to you at no cost. Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. What is dedication? People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike and you didn't? I just created an environment where they taught themselves and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. This is Scott B. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters and your host for Like It Matters Radio, calling all Leadership Awakening graduates. The time is now to raise the bar, to finish what you started. As a graduate of Leadership Awakening, you know how transformational awakening is. However, it's also incomplete. Leadership Adventure is about applying what you learned in Leadership Awakening. How do you take a team of leaders through the undulating line of life and success? Welcome to the second half of the Leadership Experience Leadership Adventure. This is a fun class and is done in an outdoor adventure setting. Leadership Awakening goes from 1 to 25. Leadership Adventure goes from 26 to 100. This is not Leadership Awakening a second time. It is a whole new adventure that picks up right where you left off in Leadership Awakening. If you are ready for the next level, the time is now to register for Leadership Adventure, March 2nd through 4th and April 9th through 11th. Details at likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it.
make it matters inspiration education and application i am black and today i'm having you consider are you all in this is really important and you should be all into something Uh, My dad used to get really mad. I made sure this is okay. And he used to, when he wasn't pleased with my effort, he would say I was half-assed. And, you know, my dad was an angry guy, and I get it. He was pretty harsh. And, you know, I used to wonder, what does that have to do with my butt? And what my dad was really saying had nothing to do with my butt. It had to do with my heart. What he was calling half-assed was really half-hearted. What he was saying, listen, you're not all in. See, that's the difference. I told you for a lot of my walk with God, even though I would have told you differently at the time, that I've had one foot in the kingdom, one foot in the world. And as the world and the kingdom are separate, as God's separating the sheep and the goats, you can no longer have one foot in either of both of them. You have to decide. And it's very clear that most people are deciding the world, that they've lost their faith. And Jesus even said, when I come back, will there be anyone of faith? I mean, think about what Jesus said in the Revelation. Right? Revelation 3, the church of Laodicea. He said, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out. God says, your half-heartedness makes me sick. And can I suggest, if you're married, your half-heartedness makes that person sick. Now, not consciously, maybe. But unconsciously, because there's, there's dis-ease in the relationship. It has to be. So you're hurting the relationship. Your lack of commitment, your half-heartedness, your lukewarmness is hurting your children. There's a world out there preying on our children. They want to teach them to be confused about their sexual orientation. They want to teach them to be confused about which bathroom to wear. They want them confused about which pronouns you see. He's the sinister minister of, of evil. He's his number one weapon formed against us is confusion. Look at how confusing America is. You got the left progressive left eating each other when you don't. You know, look at uh, the lady who wrote Harry Potter. She's as liberal as you can get, but because she knows that science says there's only two. There's uh, genders. Her own people hate her and want you to boycott Harry Potter now. If you boycott Harry Potter, do it for other reasons than that, please. You got to know who you are. See, this is the key. There's an existential crisis. Most people don't know who they are. So what to do is really hard. They don't know what to do. They're rudderless. They don't know where they're going, so any road's taken them. They just want to fit in. Can't we all just get along? I just want people to like me. I just want to fit in. I just want to know I matter. I just want to know I'm special. And you know what you've got to do to make the world love you today? You've got to sell out. You've got to be non-committed to what you truly believe. You've got to give that up. And someone who knows about giving everything up was a man by the name of Dr. Viktor Frankl. See, Dr. Viktor Frankl was born in Vienna in 1905. He trained as a psychiatrist and neurologist, working from the framework of existential therapy. During World War II, Frankl spent about three years in various Nazi concentration camps, an experience that greatly influenced his work in the development of logotherapy. Frankl observed that those who were were able to survive the experience typically found some meaning in it, such as a task that they needed to fulfill. For Frankel personally, his desire to rewrite a manuscript that, he had been, that had been confiscated upon arrival at Auschwitz was a motivating factor. 
After the cats were liberated, Frankel resumed his work as a neurologist and psychiatrist. In 1946, he published Man's Search for Meaning, outlining his experience in the concentration camps as well as the basics techniques of logotherapy. And through his work, Frankel found that people struggled with feelings of meaningless, a situation we refer to as the existential vacuum. And logotherapy is based on the premise that human beings are driven to find a sense of meaning and purpose in their life. According to Frankel, life's meaning can be discovered in three different ways, by creating a work or accomplishing some task, number one. Number two, by experiencing something fully or loving somebody fully. And number three, by the attitude that one adopts toward unavoidable suffering. Did you hear that? Suffering's part of life, people. I read my book. I'm a pastor. I eat scripture. Go to waywarrior.blog and hit follow, and I'll send it to you every day. But reading my Bible, I learned two things. Life ain't no fair, and life is hard. That's what the Bible says. So you got to understand that it's hard. And Frankel believed that suffering is part of life and that man's ultimate freedom is his ability to choose how to respond to any set of giving circumstances, even the most painful ones. Here's a skill set that we're giving away. See, we're all a victim society now. And when every problem in your life is because you're black, when every problem in life is because your sexual choices, when every problem in life can be pointed at somebody else, at everybody else controlling your life, you're a victim. You're a victim, and you can't be all in anything except feeling sorry for yourself. And the only thing that people are all in today is feeling sorry for themselves. And the, and this, the Bidens and the progressive agenda want to get you angry and bitter. I mean, and we're turning, people. That's why I love 1 Corinthians 13, the, the, the love chapter. And, you know, people always ask me, why are there so many translations? This doesn't say the same thing. Why? Because it's been translated from English to this to that. And you've you got to go back to the original text. The original text is called Masoretic Text. Hebrew scholars, uh, you know, during, when the, during the diaspora, when the Jews were, were kicked out of Israel and they were taken to, um, to Babylon, they stopped learning Hebrew. And so they would take on the languages of their society. And so the language of the day, and at the time of the Old Testament, the Torah, the Tanakh, uh, it was Hebrew and it was Aramaic. And so what happened, the Bible was written in lots of different things. And when it was written in Hebrew, people didn't understand Hebrew. And, and that's what the Septuagint is. The Septuagint were 70 Hebrew scholars that would take the original text, the Masoretic text, and translate it into Greek, since that's what people in Jesus' day spoke. That's why there's so many differences. But if you go back to the Masoretic text, the original word, the Hebrew, it'll make sense. That's why I love all the different translations. And then there's a paraphrase called the message. So let me share you this paraphrase of 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's words with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love... I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. And here's the problem. Love is a verb. It's an action word. It's not a feeling. Lust is a feeling. You don't fall in love. You choose to love. You might have a turn on. You might get roused. You might say, wow, that's the most beautiful thing. I got to kiss her. I got to kiss him. I got to do A, B, or C to this person. 
That's not love. See, it goes on to say, what is love? Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspires Pete's will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. Don't you get it? It's total commitment. And see, Frankel believed that suffering is part of life and that man's ultimate freedom is the ability to choose how to respond to any set of given circumstances. So logotherapy believes that many illnesses or mental health issues are actively due to existential angst. And by the way, if you look at right now um, uh, uh, epigenetics, Dr. Caroline Leafs will tell you the same thing. 87% of diseases are psychosomatic. Why do you think God tells us the two greatest commandments are to remember and do not fear? You got to understand what's going on. You're being played player. You've got to find the purpose, the meaning. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again? It's only through that understanding that you can fully be committed. You've got to get off the confusion. That's why you got to be in this radio show daily, to remind yourself who are you, to remind yourself why you're here, why you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again. This is what's important because when you know these existential things, when you know why you're here, when you know who you are, then, then you can change your world. Up until now, I had no idea how to live. I have so much excitement now in me that I just want to go home so fast so I can give my daughter or husband the best hug they've ever felt for me. I'm so blown away that I just need to go and work and give my boss the biggest hug I could ever give a boss who paid for me to be here. I'm really going to be the best worker I can be for him. I will blow him away. I will help more coworkers to look at me, take a real good look. There will be more coworkers coming this wonderful, exciting leadership awakening. Why? Because now I'm ready to live my life like it matters with heart, body, and soul. That's what I want for you. Go to likeitmatters.net. Be on this radio show Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time where I can help you live your life like it matters because it does. Talk tomorrow. C.S. Lewis once said, Education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. You've heard of Heritage Christian Academy, but why do parents rave about this school? Using words like amazing, excellent, experienced, blessed. Discover for yourself at the Prospective Family Info Night on Tuesday, March 14th at 7. Tour the pre-K through 12 campus from classrooms to the sports fields. Visit with staff and leadership to answer questions and experience your students' day. Come find out why. Heritage Christian Academy on March 14th. RSVP today at admissions at myhca.org. Ringing. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.